0: This is the Millionaire Booklet, How to Get Super Rich. My name's Grant Cardone. I'm the author. I wrote this book for you to get super rich, to become a millionaire, because I think it's important. I want to help you and help as many people as possible become financially prosperous, affluent, millionaires, even, yes, even super rich. Preface, I was inspired to write this book after attending a charity event. It was a Sunday night when a couple of hundred people showed up for dinner, knowing knowing they were going to be asked to give money. The target was $2 million, and I looked around the room to see who could actually pay. I thought the target impossible based on what I saw. The room filled with hardworking, super generous people who had already given much of their time, much of their money, borrowed money, and many had volunteered weeks, weekends, days for years. Some of them had done all three. I could tell they wanted to do more. They wanted to give more. But most of the audience, in truth, was tapped out. About 20% of the total in the room raised, was raised by 50 people. There was another 500,000 of the $2 million target raised by only four families, still leaving us $1 million short. The last million dollars was donated by one generous guy, and the audience was thrilled. They were amazed. People were crying, and they were proud because they had achieved this vital goal of funding this worthy project. As I looked around watching everyone celebrate, I realized there was not a person in the room that would not have traded positions with the guy who wrote the last million dollar check. I came home that night inspired and told my wife, I'm going to write a book to teach people how to become millionaires. And that night, I wrote this book. The millionaire booklet was written without a ghostwriter, without impressive words, without a bunch of economic facts. In fact, this book was written in two hours. Forgive me in advance for its simplicity. I hope to make millionaires with this small booklet, not award-winning writers or economists. I'm not trying to impress you with what I've accomplished in my life or how much I know. The reality is what I have created financially in my life is very simple, and that is why it will work for you. I want to help you reach millionaire status, even get super rich if you so choose. If you believe that you deserve to be the person in the room that writes that last check for a million dollars, $10 million, or even $100 million, I want to help you introduction in the millionaire booklet how to become super rich i want to simplify the process of becoming a millionaire and if you want even super rich this isn't some pie in the sky out of reach big claim i know it's attainable because i've used the information here and done it myself i know with 100 percent certainty that anyone can do this and even more if they do the work Regardless of your current economic condition, where you live or what you do, you, you can become wealthy. I also believe it's your responsibility to become wealthy. In case you don't know anything about my story, I'll reveal that when I was a young man, I made a commitment to creating wealth for myself. Since then, I've worked very hard and created generational wealth that is probably indestructible. I say probably indestructible because I'm not naive enough to underestimate the levels of economic manipulation and insanity present on this planet. While I made a commitment to get rich at 16, I was still broke at 25. Then I started studying the wealthy, using the principles of wealth creation and codifying what worked and what didn't. It had been a long haul for me. I remember saving my first $10,000 when I got serious. Then one day realizing I had saved 100,000. By the time I was in my early 30s, I had my first million set aside. Since then, I've built five companies that produce $100 million a year in sales. I've created a net worth well over $100 million. I own income-producing real estate worth over $400 million. Now, you may be saying, good for you, Mr. Cardone. Good for you, Grant Cardone. You're so special. But can you show other people, everyday, ordinary people, how to do what you've done? While I can't guarantee you will have the kind of results I have, there are others duplicating the financial success I have created by employing these principles. Here are a few of them. Dale C. was 54 years of age and had $56 to his name. He created over $10 million in net worth and dependable monthly income using the eight simple steps included here. Jared G. was 28 when he started following these eight simple steps and in four years had become a millionaire with three dependable flows of income. David F. went from $8,000 a month to $50,000 a month. DJ H. was making 38000 in sales and increased to $135,000. Robert F. followed the information and went from 18000 a year to $360,000 a year in just 24 months. Diane C. at 65 years of age employed Grant Cardone's millionaire strategies and made more money in the following year than she had in her entire lifetime. Chapter one, getting rich is not a fantasy. How to become a millionaire or a multimillionaire or even a hectamillionaire, 100 million units, isn't taught in schools or colleges. In fact, most of society frowns on anyone who even talks about getting rich. Some even protest against those who have created financial independence. It's a funny thing that schools teach you how to read and write, how to do math, how to know history and geography, how to pass a test, but they never broach the subject of how to get rich. Look, getting super rich seems to be a topic reserved for fantasies, movies, and drunken what-if games. Most have come to believe that becoming a millionaire is for the lucky sperm club, business owners, gold diggers, lottery winners, athletes, rappers, and inventors but it's not true. Millionaires and the super rich come from all walks of life. In fact, just to debunk one of the myths, I'll tell you that four out of five millionaires today work for someone else. The reason most people never get rich is that they never even considered it a possibility. They're convinced by those close to them to simply be satisfied with whatever their financial situation is. The other reason is that people fundamentally do not understand money. Very few people know how to get money. Even fewer people know how to keep money, and almost no one knows how to multiply it. Just look around, and you'll see signs of this everywhere. Even one of the richest countries in the world, America, 76% of people live paycheck to paycheck. Some 50% of Americans have no money for retirement, and 47% of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency. If these statistics were true in a poor country, it would be one thing but America is considered a wealthy country. Turn on the television or go online and you'll see endless, ridiculous financial advice. Financial pundits suggest saving tricks where your path to wealth is finding the lowest price for a product or putting more air in your tires to save gas. This piece of advice always cracks me up. If you don't drink coffee out at the local coffee shop, you'll save another $700 a year Hey, look, you can save 700 a year for the next 50 years and you won't be rich. You'll just be old. Another pundit preaches that all debt is bad debt and that by avoiding debt, you will somehow be financially free. Quote, never borrow money under any circumstances. End of quote. The previous bankrupt advisor promotes to his following. He overlooks the reality that almost all of the super rich have used debt to acquire their wealth. Okay, flip the channel and you'll see fancy graphics making a case that you should turn your money over to the boys on Wall Street who, smarter than you, will invest in the stocks and the bonds and financial instruments they can't even explain to you. Ask your parents for money advice and they'll recite their path. Get a good job. Buy a house. Contribute to your 401k, little billy. Be grateful you have more than most, your mother says, and pray that everything goes right. Look, I've never wanted to just have enough. In fact, truth be known, I've always wanted to be rich. While I do believe in prayer, I don't expect God to take care of my finances. And I certainly don't want to leave it up to everything going right. At a very young age, I noticed how the people who made the decisions and had the power of choice all seemed to be the people with money. I wanted to be one of them. I didn't want money for the sake of money. I wanted money so I could have choices. At the age of eight, one of my first experiences with money was walking to the local grocery store. I had a quarter in my pocket to spend at the store. I was excited, giddy, and I felt powerful. I was walking to the store with my twin brother fondling my quarter when I dropped it in the street and it rolled into a manhole. I got onto my hands and knees only to discover my arms were too short to retrieve the quarter. I got up wet, dirty, angry, and wanting to cry. I remember going home and telling my father how I'd lost my quarter. My father said to me, you shouldn't play with money, son. My grandfather later grabbed me and said, son, the problem isn't simply that you lost the quarter. The problem is that it was your only quarter. Since that loss, I have been fascinated with the idea of amassing enough money so that no single event or loss would ever cause me to be without. Chapter 2, Where You Get Your Advice Word of warning, for this to work, you need to start being very selective about where you get your advice. Tell someone you're reading a book about how to get super rich and they will most likely just try it right now. Call a few friends, say, hey, I just picked up a book called The Millionaire Booklet, How to Get Super Rich. And I assure you, at least one of them will say, really? The only person who's going to get rich is the guy who wrote the book. You see, part of the problem is that most people get financial advice from people who are struggling with money or who have given up on money. Most of the advice we get about money is from people close to us who either don't have money or have given up on it. Some of the people you get advice from have never even thought financial freedom possible. You must look beyond the dumb advice of family, television pundits, blogs, get-rich articles, cute quotes on Instagram, and silly little sayings. Look beyond all the noise and confusion about money and you'll discover a select group of people who have created enormous wealth. I'm talking about the top percentile of the wealthiest people on planet Earth. Like magnets of wealth and prosperity, they appear to magically prosper no matter what happens. Some doing better in bad times than good times. These are the people you should study and model your financial journey on. Be very selective where you get your financial advice and never... Never take advice from a quitter or a pretender. There are many pretenders out there and even more who have simply quit on financial freedom. I tell you this because where I got my advice early on was mostly from observing my surroundings. I organically learned from my immediate environment and adopted the philosophies of those closest to me. My father worked very hard to create a middle-class life for us, and this was a big accomplishment for them. Both my father and my mother were brought up poor. My dad made it into the middle class, and shortly afterward, he died at the young age of 52. My mother had no knowledge of money and was left with the responsibility to raise five kids on just a little bit of money for my father's death insurance. My mom was scared even overwhelmed. Every day she was playing defense, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. I felt powerless. I couldn't help her or so I thought. My mother's mantra was waste nothing, turn off the lights, only use what you need, save everything and be grateful. By the time I was 16, I was fed up watching my mother in a never ending state of fear. One day I told her I'm going to get rich someday so I don't have to worry about money. When I do, I'm going to help a lot of people. My mother thought I was being an ungrateful brat, but I wasn't. I wasn't grateful because I hated how our life was. I hated worrying about my mother. I hated not being able to do anything about it. And as a result, I've spent the last 40 years trying to change that for myself and others. Getting rich is a taboo topic in our society. Go outside and tell someone, I'm going to become super rich and they will think you're crazy. Get rich and then openly tell people, I am rich and society will label you a greedy, gluttonous, elitist pig. Tell them you're poor and they will show you sympathy, but tell them you're rich and they will despise you. The truth is getting rich, even super rich, shouldn't be taboo. It should be your battle cry. Last year, I helped raise more than $100 million for charities. I remember a time when I couldn't lend you a dollar. I was so broke. Getting rich is not only possible, it is vital to your survival and your ability to help those you love. We live on an economic planet. Getting rich is not only possible, it is vital to your survival and your ability to help those you love. We live on an economic planet. Every day, every one of us is confronted with money. Money requirements and limitations, from shopping at the grocery store to feeding yourself, to taking care of your kids and parents, to funding yourself through old age, to taking care of unexpected setbacks. The entire subject of money is greatly misunderstood. What is money? Where did it come from? Who decides what it's worth? What is enough? How do I invest it? When do I have enough to invest Hell, most people don't even know what they pay in taxes. Most people have more money saved when they're under the age of 10 than when they get out of college. It's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. How can a kid who knows nothing about money have more money than an adult with a degree? The reality is most of us have incorrect knowledge about money from our upbringing when you're brought up poor or middle class, you inherit the beliefs of the poor and the middle class. You're stuck with their ideas. The simplicity about money and economics is not nearly as complicated as the schools, universities, economists, and financial channels make it out to be. Money, economics, and amassing even financial freedom is actually very simple. For instance, anyone who tells you that money won't make you happy never had enough money. To know whether it would or it wouldn't. This idea is born from those who try to make sense of why they don't have money. People justify and try to make sense of their condition in life. For instance, my mother clipped coupons as though her life depended on it because that was her only play. She then spent all of her time justifying those actions. I remember when she visited. Me and Beverly Hills, longer after I had financially made it, we went to the grocery store together and I told her, hey, mom, grab six of those artichokes. She said in her Southern accent, oh, my God, son, I can buy those for $1 less back home. And I told her, mom, make it a dozen since I can't go broke $1 at a time. You see, my mom was still stuck with the beliefs of the poor and the middle class long after it had mattered to me anymore. See, that's what people do. They defend what they've done to survive and then they get stuck in this lower, poor condition. Now back to whether money will or will not make you happy. I can assure you money will not make you happy nor will it make you unhappy. I've been happy and I've been unhappy. I've been broke and I've been rich. They have nothing to do with one another and whoever talks about them in the same conversation is someone justifying why they don't have money. One additional note on this from personal experience. If you're going to be unhappy, be as rich as possible. Financial freedom is two parts mental and one part mechanical. You have to get your mental part right first. What I mean is that you probably need to lose your mind first. That's right. You need to lose your mind, including many of the beliefs you were brought up with. For instance, getting rich is mostly a game of offense, not defense like my mother taught me. Taking risk today is the way to eliminate risk, but you have to take risk at the right time. Your daddy's advice was to always play defense with money to get rich. You have to learn how to be on offense most of the time, not defense. Wealth knows no age or sex, and it doesn't care about your story. It shows no sympathy and it has no feelings. It listens to no God. There's no age too young or too old. Anyone can play the game. But you have to play the game of wealth on offense. To win at the game of money, you have to be on the field as an offensive player first. Later, once you're way ahead in the game of money, you can play defense. If you want to get rich, you can't stay on defense or be a spectator. And you need to have a strategy. All that being said, it has never been easier to get rich than it is today. And never, never more important. Just last year, 500,000 households in America became millionaires are you ready to get rich? I am one of those people who have figured out how to create wealth. I've become a millionaire hundreds of times over. I'm telling you this to inspire you. You can do this. The wealth I've created was not because of my education. I totally wasted that. It wasn't because of my connections. I destroyed them all. And it wasn't because I was lucky. I have never been one of those. I also didn't take a company public or create some cool invention or some fancy app. You hold in your hands information that will show you how to make and accumulate millions of dollars, even hundreds of millions of dollars. I would tell you this booklet could make you a billionaire, but I haven't done that yet. So I will only make claims to what I've done for myself and for others. I only ask you to do three things. Number one, keep this booklet in your possession until you become a millionaire. Number two, share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. Here's the link, millionairebooklet.com, millionairebooklet.com. And three, once you get yours, help others to do the same. Chapter three, step one, the millionaire decision. As I said earlier, the biggest mistake is to think becoming a millionaire is impossible. People simply don't think it can happen. So the first thing you have to decide is to become a millionaire or multimillionaire or a billionaire, if you want. You have to decide, and then you must reinforce that decision over and over and over and over again. Put a stake in the ground right now. I am going to become very, very rich. I will not judge you negatively for making this decision. When you tell someone who has created wealth that you want to get rich, they will not frown or judge you negatively. They will probably pat you on the back and say something like, great, You can do it, and by the way, you should. Those who have created wealth understand that creating financial freedom is a worthy adventure. It is possible for anyone. Remember, more than 80% of all millionaires today are self-made, what's called first-generational, meaning they created their millions without inheriting the money. Now, before that little automatic voice in your head says for the millionth time, I don't want to be rich. I just want to be happy, little happy Billy. Look, you need to understand two points. Number one, getting rich is not just about you. And number two, limiting, limiting yourself financially invalidates who you are and your abilities. Look, most of us are convinced to simply settle for basic necessities, clothes, a house, transportation, time off maybe an upper management position, and a little bit of money in the bank. This is called the middle class. The middle class is for those who settle for just enough rather than striving for prosperity. The middle class is a compromise, and it's selfish. That's right, it's selfish. When you compromise your finances, you become unable to help others because you are struggling to simply take care of yourself and unable to help anyone else. The other part of this is the constant invalidation of who you are. You are capable of way more than you know. So why, why would you set reasonable financial goals for yourself? For my entire life, I have had this constant gnawing in my belly about me, knowing I could do more, achieve more, create more, give more, and help more. And I am most unhappy when I give up on that gnawing idea that I can do more. And I'm most happy when I am pursuing it. But enough of the esoteric and back to the material world. You can earn $80,000 a year or $400,000 a year and still struggle, depending on where you live and your responsibility level. Just because a person makes more money than a person born in some starving village in a third world country doesn't mean they are much better off. Look, the argument is you have a cell phone. Internet access, running water and electricity, be grateful. That's code for make sense of your situation. But not having enough money doesn't make sense. A man once told me, how do you make sense of insanity? The answer is you don't. And not having enough money is insane. The idea that someone would only need enough or have enough to be comfortable or adequately satisfied or have more than others as a way to justify his or her condition is ridiculous. The middle class is billions of people convinced by politicians, the media, schools, and your parents to turn your money over to those smarter than you, settle down in a nice little house, reduce your ability to move for the next 30 years, and be civil, be a good law-abiding civil taxpayer who is grateful for how much better off you have it than someone starving. Make a decision right now to become a millionaire, even super rich, and debunk all the ideas that idolize the mythology of the middle class. The temporary comfort provided by a house, a nice school, a couple of BMWs, a 401k that you can't even get to, and two weeks off where you have to be worried about every penny you spend while you are off is nothing compared to creating massive wealth. The first step to becoming a millionaire is to make a decision, and that requires you lose you lose your middle-class mind. You got to lose your middle-class mind, and then start to create your millionaire mindset. You must lose your small, defensive, take-no-risk thinking. It has never been easier to get rich than it is today, but it's still impossible if you don't change your mind. There is so much money in the world today and so many ways to create wealth but it will not happen if you settle. Many will disagree with me on this, but I believe millionaire is today's new middle class. In fact, many millionaires still find themselves struggling. Look, if you want to get really rich, you will need 10X or 20X or even 100X of a million dollars. Use my 10X planner and start affirming your new multi-millionaire status every morning, every night, and anytime you have a setback. Make the decision right now, I'm going to be very, very, very rich, and I'm going to help a lot of people in the process. When you start to doubt your possibility, when you start to doubt the possibility, take out this little booklet and reread it. Keep it close to you, and trust me to help you get there. You don't need to trust yourself at this point. Simply put your trust in someone who has done it. When I first started studying wealthy people, I put my trust in them because I could not yet trust myself. Chapter four, step two, millionaire math. Your second step is to simply do the math. Now, this isn't complicated math. This is Grant's simple math. Did you know that most people will produce or be in contact with a million dollars in their lifetime? What I'm saying is, you are going to be a millionaire. If you earn $50,000 a year for the next 20 years, you earn $1 million. Congratulations, you're a millionaire. For any goal to be achieved, you must believe in its possibility as a realistic and doable goal. So what I do is I do a little trick. I do math to trick myself into the reality of something. The way to do this is to simply by doing million-dollar math. How many different ways can you collect $1 million? You should figure all of them out, but here are a few examples. Earn a $50,000 a year salary for the next 20 years, you earned a million dollars. Get your salary to hundred grand for the next 10 years, you earned a million dollars. Get your salary to $250,000 for four years, you earned a million dollars. Earn $114 per hour every hour of this year when you're awake and asleep You earned a million dollars. How about this? Get 5,000 people to buy a $200 product from you and you, yes, you earned a million dollars. Or get 2,000 people to buy a $500 product from you and yes, again, you became a millionaire. 10,000 people buy a $100 product, that's a million dollars. 1,000 people buy a $1,000 product, that's a million dollars. 5,000 people pay $17 a month for the next 12 months. That makes you a millionaire. 2,000 people pay $42 a month for 12 months or 1,000 people could pay you $83 a month for 12 months, that would also make you a million dollars. 500 people pay you $167 a month for 12 months. Bam, you're a millionaire. 300 people, 300 people out of 7.3 billion, if only 300 people paid you $278 a month for the next 12 months, you, sir, you, ma'am, would be a millionaire. Or you could do this. You could do what a guy like me would do. How can I do about 10 of these or 12 or 13? How could I do them all? And I could earn tens of millions of dollars every year. The purpose of this is to simplify the objective. The objective is to become a millionaire or super rich or hectomillionaire, millionaire or worth a billion dollars. In my best-selling webinar where tens of thousands of people came to see this live webcast called How to Become a Millionaire, I used the example of sticky notes, and this example helped a lot of people. The question was, how would you collect a million sticky notes or a 100 million or a billion? First of all, you would ask, are there millions of sticky notes on planet Earth? The second thing you would ask is, who has them? And the third thing, the last thing you would do is create a strategy. What do I need to do to collect? sticky notes. See, most people, when they're figuring out how to become a millionaire or wealthy or financial freedom, they just don't do the math. They go to the strategy first and the strategy first is not how you do this. Do the math first to create possibility, to determine where that money is, who has it. And then last thing you would do is create a strategy. Do the millionaire math or the billionaire math and reinforce your millionaire possibility and your commitment to it. Getting to a million dollars is about numbers, not about money. Keep it simple. The best ideas are always simple. I know couples I've worked with who were looking at their financial situation and after doing the math, looked at each other and realized they had been irresponsible. The husband tells the wife, we never did the math, honey. The wife said, there's so many different ways to get there. I know couples I have worked with who, after doing the math, looked at each other and realized how irresponsible they had been. We never did the math, the husband told the wife. The wife said, there's so many ways to get there. They could finally see what they had to do. Do the millionaire math. Keep it simple. The strategy will come later. Chapter 5. Step 3. Increase income. Once you've done the math and realize how real it is to get super rich, you need to focus on increasing your income streams. In the beginning, you simply set new income targets and then do whatever it takes to increase income at first in increments and then later in leaps or what I call surges. At 25, when I was struggling to make $3,000 a month, I quit bitching and acting like a baby about my income and committed to increasing it. I had to start thinking about getting my income to grow up, just like I was growing up. The first target I set for myself was to simply make another $3,000 per month. I did the math. It was seven fifty dollars a week, $100 more a day, $10 more per hour. It became real to me. I didn't change jobs, even though I didn't like the job I had. I used the job I had to learn how to grow my income. In the first month, by the way, I exceeded my target and made over $7,000 for the first time in my life, tracking almost $84,000 for the year if I could keep up that pace. I continue to focus on the simplicity of my math, and in the first 12 months, I didn't make $84,000. I made over $100,000, not bad for 26 years old. I was super excited and realized how important increments and surges in income are to validating confidence and possibility. See, when you quit bitching about money, when you quit complaining and crying and belly aching and moaning and start taking responsibility for increasing your income, it's amazing what happens and how quickly it can happen. Money seems to flow to those who give it the most attention and who take the most responsibility for it. Money never found me when I was complaining about it. Ever notice that the people who complain, bitch, moan, groan about money the most are always the ones that are the most broke? If you're in a sales position, then you know what you have to do. You have to sell more. If you're not in sales, then look for every way possible to add income. Don't say you can't. It's a lie. Anyone can create income. Go look for things you no longer want in your home, your apartment. Put them up for sale. Instant income. Don't even worry about how much or how little you sell them for. Sell them and prove to yourself right now, today, you can increase your income. Whatever you can't sell, give away to charity and take a tax deduction. That's reversed income. Instant tax credit is actually income in reverse, but I'll save that calculation for a more in-depth book on wealth building. When you have nothing else to sell, go to your brother or your sister, your cousin, your uncle, your aunt, your grandparents, and take away all the things they no longer want and value and sell them online to increase your income. It's a lie that you can't increase your income. You can do that starting today. You could also get a second job waiting tables giving massages, babysitting, pet sitting, teaching a language, driving for Uber, or panhandling. A family once asked me to coach them on their business, and due to financial troubles they were having, I proposed some of these same ideas that they start selling their personal property. The husband said, these ideas seem so beneath us. He said in his entitled, arrogant manner. I reminded him, hey, pal, What's beneath you is living paycheck to paycheck. What's beneath you is not taking care of your wife and your children. What is beneath you is never having prosperity. The broke moan and groan, cry and bellyache while the rich take responsibility. Look, if you want money, you must quit complaining, moping, crying, making excuses, and you have to drop the entitlement thing. Whatever it takes, you must create prosperity. You must be committed to the millionaire mindset and to making it a reality. Whatever it takes, you're going to create prosperity. See, complaining and moaning and groaning will not increase your income. Make the commitment to create wealth. Be ethical in that journey and do whatever it takes until you achieve it for you, yourself, your family, and your community. Let's face it, being broke is unethical. When you commit, you will find a way, and it never means you have to be unethical. For instance, send my company a referral. We'll pay you for it. Instant income. For every company you refer to my company for our online product, Cardone University, I'll pay $500 when we close the deal. Get me one of those a week and I'll pay you $24,000 a year to tell people you know about a great product. Give me three of those a week, and I'll pay you $72,000 a year to tell people about a product, people you know and care about about a product that is a great product and that helps people. If you currently make $50,000 a year and get me three referrals a week that buy our product, everybody wins, they win, we win, and you win, you just took your income from $50,000 a year, an increase of $72,000. You made $122,000. And by the way, if you did the math, I just cut your path to a million dollars from 20 years down to eight. There are so many ways to increase your income today like never before in the history of mankind. From internet sales to writing blogs to editing for authors I know I need editing, releasing a podcast, creating affiliate programs, joining a great network marketing company, and on and on the list is endless. By the way, everyone should be involved in network marketing. Just the fact that you get access to an instant network of like-minded people committed to improving their conditions is wealth creation. Now, once you increase your income, then keep doing the math. Keep increasing your income in increments until you can start increasing in surges. The surges will happen when you increase your skills and start making investments. I remember the first time I made $100,000 in a year, I was blown away. I never imagined when I went from $84,000 to $100,000, I never imagined that one day I would make $100,000 in one month. See, these are called surges, and they expand your potential and confidence and your abilities. Then I remember the first time I made $100,000 in one month, my confidence soared. I continued growing my skills. I continued doing the math. I continued changing my mindset. I continued to increase my income. And then one day, sure enough, I made $100,000 in a day. And then I did that in an hour. Is that beneath you? I had to work up to this in increments until it was real to me. And you will probably have to do the same. And no matter how much someone tries to tell you to simply think and grow rich, getting incremental income growth is vital to you getting your surges. But for sure, no one ever gets rich without increasing income first. No one. No wealthy person Becomes wealthy without income first. Either you increase the income through investors or through the sale of products and services or both. The creation of wealth, especially early on, is not about saving. This is very important. The creation of wealth early on is not about saving or investing. It's about increasing your income flows. For those who believe you must own or operate a business to get rich, it is not true. In fact, three... Out of four millionaires, work for someone else. To increase flows, you must operate, however, like you are a business. The reality is you are a business. You don't start a business. You are a business. Everyone is a business. And the value of your business today is based on your ability to produce income. My daughters are four and seven years of age, both today at four and seven, can produce income at will by exchanging their unique values with those who might be willing to exchange money with them. I just did this yesterday with my two daughters, Stephen G., a famous architect and designer here in Miami, was at my home yesterday visiting, and I told my daughters, find something you can do for Mr. Stephen to exchange for $100. Within five minutes, both girls had walked away with $100 each. They ran laps. Stephen G was like, no, I'll just give them the money. I said, no, they have to earn it. See, the point is, you don't need a business plan. My kids don't need a business plan. My kids don't even need a lemonade stand to increase income. They need a commitment. They need to understand the importance just like you. See, my kids are already a business in their own right. By the way, both of my children at a young age of four and seven have more money put away than 50% of the U.S. population. Chapter six, step four, who's got my money? This is so simple. It's amazing and it's genius once you understand it. Simply ask yourself, who's got my money? You know, people get into business and make a business plan and never ask this simple question, who has my money? Make a list of who has your money, the money you want, and figure out what you can do to exchange with them. Whether you have a service product or an idea, the question to ask yourself is always, you don't need to make money. Listen to me. You don't need to make money. You need to connect with those who've already collected money, those who have money, and find out what you can do to exchange with them your skills and knowledge so that they share with you the money they have. Make a list of who has your money and start investing most of it, if not all of your time, with those people. I didn't say invest your money. I said invest your time with getting money from people that have money. Get your millionaire mentality wrapped around this idea. Spend every waking hour, every minute, every second, all your energy on serving those who need what you have. At the age of 29, when I started my first company, I spent all of my time, literally 95% of my time was spent in front of or getting in front of people who could possibly buy my product, who might be interested in what I was doing, who might benefit from what I was doing. I spent almost no time with those who couldn't, would not, weren't able and didn't have money. My wife and I were recently at a conference and I reminded her, Elena, there are only four or five, maybe six people here that we need to meet. When my staff travels with me to go to a convention, I remind them, be nice to everyone, love everyone, pay attention to everyone. But remember, we're here to meet people who have our money. This must be your foremost focus. This must be the attention you give each and every day. Who has your money? If you don't do this, you will miss opportunities. You will be blinded by problems and situations, and you will waste time with people who cannot and will not buy or invest in your ideas, your products, your services, or your company. I sound like a bad, selfish, greedy man, don't I? Well, no one calls me a bad man when the bill comes for dinner and I can pick it up. No one thinks I'm selfish when they need a loan, and I'm the only one that can help them because I'm liquid. When you want to start your new business with old Grant, and I'm the one that's going to provide the funding, you'll be glad I focused on who's got my money. Because had I not focused on who's got my money, I wouldn't have money to start a business to pay the bill or to fund your your new problem. This is just the hard, cold, simple facts of building wealth. Follow the money, as they say. If you spend all your time with people who can't pay, listen to me. If you spend all your time with people who can't pay, you'll end up being someone who can't pay. I hope you get that. If you spend all your time with people who can't pay, who don't have the ability to pay, who don't have money, who don't appreciate money, you will end up being someone who can't pay, who doesn't have money, who clearly doesn't appreciate money because they never have money. Who's got my money is one of the most powerful concepts in the creation of wealth and time. Not just money, but time. Who's got my money is one of the most powerful concepts in the creation of wealth and time. Why? Because when I'm focused on who's got my money, I now know how to use my time. Now, that being said, the more people you can help, the more money you will have. If you want to make a billion dollars, simply help a billion people. The people who need the most help on this planet, however, don't have much money, so keep that in mind. So they will need you, if you want to help them, they will need you to have money to invent the solutions to help them. Figure out a way to get to a billion people. You figure out a way to help one billion people. And I assure you. You will likely end up with way more than a billion dollars. And you will end up with more than money. You will end up with true wealth. Friends. Support. Love. Legacy. And worldwide admiration. But let's be clear. You are not going to help a billion people. Without either having money. Or finding someone who does. So ask yourself. Who's got my money? And keep asking until you have answers. And once you have answers, then you go to who's got that money and you do whatever it takes. Once you commit to this concept fully, the money will follow like magic. Once you follow the path to the money, knock on that door, make that phone call, get in front of that person. Look, if you're one of those people who doesn't like to talk to people, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't like to talk to people. Because you tell yourself something like, who doesn't like to talk to people? Because you tell yourself you're an introvert or because you're too shy. Hey, get over it. Remind yourself, you don't like just getting by either and you don't like being broke. So do you want to be an introvert or do you want to be broke? Call yourself neither, broke or an introvert. They're just little things you tell yourself not to find out who's got your money. Remind yourself you don't like getting by. Remind yourself you don't like being broke. Remind yourself that you have responsibilities and remind yourself that being poor, just getting by is selfish, it's self-centered, and it's self-serving. When your goals are big enough, you will quit telling yourself lies and making lame excuses. You're not going to become rich from your closet, your garage, or your living room. It doesn't happen. Every one of those garage billionaires got rich when they left their garage to sell their idea, their invention, or their product. Remember that. You know, on my way from being broke to banking my first $5 million, all I focused on was who's got my money. I was traveling over 300 days a year for over six years, knocking on doors of prospective buyers, investors, really, of my business idea. Buyers are investors, I provided a service and they exchanged their money with me so I could grow my business. The person that was buying from me was actually investing in my company. I hated every moment of these 300 plus days of travel. I hated being away from home. I hated being away from the love of my life. I hated being away from my family. It wasn't something I wanted to do, liked to do. Yet I gutted up every day and did it. I did thousands Upon thousands of free meetings across the U.S. and Canada, traveling at my own expense to make myself known, to identify opportunities, and to get in front of who's got my money. Qualified buyers in hopes I could raise money, quote unquote, sell my products and increase my income. You know, billionaire Mark Cuban, self-made billionaire Mark Cuban says, the most important thing you must learn about any business is sales. Sales made simple is this, who's got my money? It's that simple. Once you commit to asking the question, who's got my money, you will have to learn how to master sales and I can help you at Cardone University, Cardonuniversity.com. For now, make a list of who is qualified, who has your money and make yourself known to them. If you have a money shortage today, it is because you're investing your time with the wrong people and you're not applying who's got my money. There is no shortage of money on this planet. So if you have none, it's about some deficiency you have regarding money. Time invested on who's got my money will always, always, always result in money. If you're getting in front of those who have money and coming away without money, you have to join me at Cardone University because I can help you resolve that deficiency, that problem. But first, ask yourself, who's got my money? Chapter seven, step five, stay broke. When you start increasing your income, stay broke. I said broke, not poor. I have a policy to never, ever have money sitting around. Once I started increasing income, I immediately moved the surpluses to sacred accounts that were out of my reach and marked for future investments. As soon as I started increasing my income, I went to my employer and told him, withdraw 40% of my gross pay before taxes and direct deposit those funds into personal accounts I have set up. They said, we can't do that. I said, you do it for the IRS, do it for me. I then set up three savings accounts, which I labeled something special. I literally gave them special little names and treated those accounts as sacred future investment accounts. Oh, by the way, never use a 401k for these funds, but I'll save that for a future course. I remember when I first heard Michael Douglas say in the movie Wall Street, money doesn't sleep, I thought to myself, but it gets bored. I knew from watching other people handle money that when money sits around, it gets spent, it gets wasted, and it gets blown because I didn't fully trust myself to have cash simply sitting around. As soon as I created these surplus monies, I directed all of it, all of it, 100% of the surplus, 100% of the increased income I sent to accounts reserved for future investments so that I could create one day I could create passive income flows. At the time, I was 26 years old when I started this, which allowed me to fund my first business six years later, my second business eight years later, and finally my real estate company. But the real benefit of this strategy was it forced me to continue to produce and outwork earlier results. There were months when I was making more money than I'd ever made and I would push the entire surplus into a sacred account. I was broke. When I did this, I couldn't, literally couldn't pay my rent, even though I was making more money than I'd ever made. I was forced to negotiate with my landlord for extensions of my rent. Imagine, I'm doing better than I'd ever done. I wasn't spending any money, and I still couldn't pay my rent. It was weird because everyone knew I was doing well, but I never had money. I was broke. I wasn't poor, and it worked. See, this state of staying broke forced me to continue to produce new revenue, much like the guy that goes out and spends all his money is forced to work. But I hadn't spent all my money. I had set it aside. I had seen so many people have financial success, then quit doing what created their success, and then go backward financially. Staying broke forced me to keep reinforcing the actions that had already proven successful. It seems human beings perform best out of necessity for some reason. Studying the super successful and those who are not, you can learn from both, I noticed huge differences. It's a bizarre thing how the wealthy work like they're broke and those who need money the most don't. Still today, I watch pretenders sleep like they're rich while I'm up like I'm broke. We both deceive ourselves, but with very different outcomes. I spent 30 years deceiving myself like this, and one day I woke up and realized I had more money than I could ever spend. Imagine that for you. Imagine waking up one day saying, I have more money than I could spend or destroy. Even today, I go to sleep and wake up like I'm broke. Even today, with indestructible levels of wealth, I wake up like I'm broke and push for the next level, aware that things beyond my control could possibly, unlikely, but possibly put my finances, my family, and my future at risk. See, the same thing will happen to you. I don't mean the risk part. I mean getting you out of risk. An idea plus hard work multiplied over long periods of time plus discipline will always equal success. I'll repeat that. An idea, any idea, plus hard work multiply over long periods of time plus discipline will always equal success. There just comes a point in time when, well, you'll be successful. Just like there comes a point in time where you, by doing the right things every day with money, will become super rich. And almost nothing can change that wealth condition. Imagine never being able to negatively impact your wealth condition. But you have to put in the work. Ideas are great, but they mean nothing without hard work, overtime, plus discipline. At the age of 25, when I'd made a real commitment to getting rich... I took my first idea, I worked very hard every day to make that idea a reality over long periods of time, exercising extreme discipline with both my successes and my money. This created success in the beginning, not money, it created success in the beginning, clients, customers, allowing me then to have extra money. Then I duplicated this cycle using the money. I basically did the same exact thing with the money that I did with the customers, saving money and adding work over long periods of time, and then using discipline with that money to create not just success in business, but also financial success. I invested the money, the financial success, in savings accounts while working my main business and spending none of the surplus money. This was discipline. I then prepared to reinvest the surplus monies to create new businesses and new income flows. In fact, multiple income flows. From 25 to the age of 51, there was no alcohol, no parties, no showing off, no exotic cars, one watch, and almost no vacations. Without knowing what my second business might be or even what I might invest in, I continued every day for six years to prepare myself so that I would one day be able to expand. Stay broke, not poor. Deprive yourself now for the possibility of financial freedom in the future or more poetically, pay the price today so you can pay any price tomorrow. A guy recently asked me, hey, why are you still working so hard? I didn't want to go into a long philosophical explanation of how I'm preparing for a major economic meltdown as I knew he was just being social. So I told him, I just love my work so much in hopes that he would just let it go. But no, he starts saying some dumb stuff like, you know, you only live once, GC. You are to make the most of it. Really enjoy your life. And then he topped it off with the ultimate, I never see you at the club anymore. I got bored with him, so I patted him on the shoulder and said, you never see me at the club, and I'll never see you at the bank. Pay the price today so you can pay any price tomorrow. Chapter eight, step six, save to invest, don't save to save. Investing money is how you will get super rich. The only reason to save money, remember this, the only reason to save money is to one day invest money. I was brought up believing you should save money for emergencies, retirement, and oh, yeah, for that rainy day. All those books I've read about the wealthy people saving, they did it to make investments, not simply to save. Since the age of 26, I've been saving so one day I could invest and expand, not simply so one day I could fund some disaster or some emergency. My first investment was when I was 31 years old. I'd been saving for six years, six years, every month, putting money away in these sacred accounts, operating like I was broke. A guy came to me after one of my seminars and had the idea one day while I was in Orlando to create this hands-on in-house training company, which could run parallel to my first company, in which a team of people would go into a company and stay behind me, increase that company's sales. I told him, "All right, let's do it. Sounds like a great idea. I'll loan the company 50 grand. You have 90 days to pay me back. I get a salary and you pay me a percentage for the information you're using, a percentage of all profits. And by the way, I will never lend you another dime if you can't pay me back in 90 days. So make it work." At that time I only had a couple hundred thousand dollars saved. But my main income, my main primary income, my speaking career at the time, had proved itself extremely dependable and was growing at the time. Remember this when you make your first expansion. My first business had proven itself dependable and was growing. I like the idea of this new business because it was symbiotic, connected to the first one. One fed the other. Meaning I didn't have to take my attention off the first company to grow the second company and the first business would feed the second one and the second one would also feed back to the first one. My new partner, by the way, paid me back in 90 days, actually 80 days, and the new company paid me as much in the first year as my first business had ever paid me. That's what I call surges or spikes, not just incremental income growth. My third company was created a few years later after the second business. I was 35 years old. I'd been studying real estate for almost five years. I had looked at hundreds of apartment buildings over that time in different cities and states, but never had the courage to buy. I finally pulled the trigger on my first deal. It was 48 units in Vista, California. The cost was $1,950,000, and it required a $350,000 down payment. That was a third of the total amounts of my sacred accounts. I knew it was a good deal, and I pulled the trigger. It took me six years to find that one deal, and when I did, I moved with speed and certainty because my knowledge was intact and my money was intact. That property cash flowed in the first month and every month after that. 90 days later, I bought my second deal, 38 units, in Point Loma, California, for $3 million. Three years later, I sold both properties and made over $5 million while earning $100,000 a year in positive cash flow. That's an $850,000 investment that paid me $5.3 million, a 600% return. Eight years of staying broke. Eight years of staying on offense to strengthen my first and second business. Eight years of asking, who's got my money and knocking on that door? eight years of improving my skills as a salesperson and revenue collector, eight years of paying attention to increasing my income so that one day I could make one significant investment. That was the first time I'd made a million dollars at one time, and in this case, it was $5 million in one swing. The truth is, this took years of discipline, knowledge, and courage to be in a position to seize an opportunity not just some lucky break. You know, most people aren't equipped to take advantage of moments because they don't have the money, they don't have the knowledge, and they don't have the courage. People don't create wealth because they never invest enough in a deal to get a payoff significant enough. Your bet's too small. See, the wealthy, the wealth creators make big plays, big bets, giant investments, not little tiny ones. I was in Vegas once. And I asked the dealer there, I said, Dude, why does Vegas never get clobbered? Why, they, why do they never get hit? And he's like, because most people never bet enough. If everybody came in here and bet to break win to break the Bellagio, if they put it all in, they would break these. But people come so they don't lose too much. They walk up to the table. They make a bet. They say to themselves, if I lose 100, I'm out of here. That's why most people never get rich. Now, to get rich on investments, to do this, you must have surpluses of cash. You must have surpluses of cash, and you must have tremendous amounts of confidence in your investment. When you know it's the right thing, when you know for sure it's the right thing, go all in. Go in fast. Remember, speed is power. When you do, you're going to exhaust your sacred accounts that you've been building. You're going back to zero. For the first time in a while, you're going to be broke again after preparing and funding these sacred accounts. At those times, you must have complete confidence in the investment and in your previous income flows so that if the investment, the new investment, takes longer to work or even fails Heaven forbid we have a failure. You still can rely on the earlier flows of income. Sometimes I will go years without investing in a new business and simply focus on making my current business stronger. Look, I don't gamble with money. I invest and I want sure things. That means I need to know what I'm doing and the investment should be a no brainer. It should be simple. It should be a layup, as they say in basketball. I literally go through every possible worst case scenario when studying an investment. And if I can still make money under every worst case scenario, I go all in. When I do, I'm willing to go broke and I'm willing to exhaust all my cash knowing I am not putting my family or those who depend on me at risk because the earlier income flows can support all of us. Last year, rather than buying more real estate, I invested in a jet, a Gulfstream 200. The real estate market at that time seemed overpriced to me, and I couldn't make sense of buying more real estate the way I calculate a deal. So I went broke again, but not for real estate. I bought a jet. It forced me to keep hustling. I exhausted my cash accounts. I justified this purchase, investment if you will, believing it would get me in front of more customers and help me at growing my first business. So notice what I've done here. I have now taken attention off of expanding my businesses, going back to my first business and built it again, solidified it again, worked on that first stream of income again. Now, almost anyone will tell you a jet, a private jet is a terrible, terrible investment. Ask any accountant, they'll tell you it's dumb, it's ridiculous, it's terrible. You can't make sense of it. But none of them that give you this advice can buy a jet, can they? Ask anyone who owns a jet and they'll tell you, nothing about buying a jet makes financial sense until you understand the value of time. I paid for the jet in the first year I owned it because it allowed me to get in front of more qualified customers in shorter periods of time. And I continue to repeat the formula of increasing income, saving to invest, growing in increments and surges, preparing to make new investments. Chapter nine, step seven, Multiple flows of income. Poor people try to replace flows of money while rich people are trying to supplement, add flows. Remember that. Creating multiple flows of income is the holy grail of creating financial freedom and true wealth. 25 years of age, I was complaining about how little money I was making. The truth is, I was complaining because I only had one stream of income. Today, I have over 50 streams of income from five different companies, excluding a handful of stocks and mutual funds, which I have no respect for and, in fact, despise. Some of those flows are from the first business that I still own and operate some 26 years after it was formed. Some are little drips and some are like fire hoses. The flows all require different levels of attention, some tremendous energy, And others are much more passive flows requiring almost no energy at all. I appreciate and value all of them and never try to never complain about any of them. Complaining about your money situation never seems to make you more money. The most common mistake people make when creating multiple flows of income is walking away from the current one. This was a comment I made earlier about poor people are trying to get rid of their initial flow of income while wealthy people are trying to supplement and add increment income flows. The next most common mistake people make is moving to secondary flows that they're not familiar with or similar to the first, and then are unable to give both flows proper attention. So when creating your second flow of income, make sure to closely do your best that you can to closely connect something parallel or symbiotic to your current flow and never abandon the first flow. For instance, if you work at a company and earn a salary, let's say you're a receptionist, keep improving on what you do as a receptionist for that company and look for other ways to create second flows parallel to what your current position is. Do it within the company you work for during the time you're at work. Don't go look for a second flow outside of your work first. See, most people start a second flow outside of their work. They get all excited about it, and they start ignoring the first flow, and they end up with one second flow. The first one disappears. They're back to one flow again. And then the second one they move to is weaker than the first one ever was. When you add a second flow, make a commitment to never ignoring the first one. If you join a network marketing company, use it to supplement your first flow both ways. If you join a network marketing company, use it to supplement your first flow both ways. At some time in the future, if you can step away from that and never miss it, good. Or maybe have someone else manage it for you. Also, make the flows work both ways. Make your new network of people, the network marketing company, familiar with your first company, your receptionist job where you were working And flow business back and forth both ways, strengthening both flows and both companies. Robert Sislow, who is with me today, started my company as a salaried employee, creating video content. He's a genius. The guy's unbelievable at his job. He's making about $45,000 a year at the time. He listened to my advice and took on a second flow, selling and earning a symbiotic parallel commission flow, bringing that 45 from 45 to 90,000. Then he added a third flow, looking for other opportunities around the company, creating ad revenue for our digital network, Grant Cardone TV, and produced another $45,000. I call this parallel or symbiotic flows because they work with what Robert's already doing. He didn't seek another job outside of the company. He didn't add hours of work to his load. He figured out how to create two more flows from the same position during the same period of time and uses his time off for self-improvement so he continues to be brighter, faster, and more confident in his abilities so he can continue to expand. Look, never turn your back on the primary flows unless, if ever, the latter flows are so strong, the later latter flows are so strong that nothing can possibly destroy or erode them. Even then, however, you should think long and hard before walking away from any income flow, no matter how small The same thing holds true when growing your customer base. Never turn your back on customers who got you to where you are now. There comes a time when it does make sense to walk away, but it should be the exception, not the rule. When I was selling cars as a young man, I had tapped out on how much I could sell. I looked for other things I could do within the dealership to increase my income and to help my customers and help the dealer. When you go to the second flow, it should help everyone around you, not take from anyone. I learned how to finance cars as well as sell them. Everyone won. The finance manager didn't want to stay late. He won. The dealer didn't have to pay someone else's salary to come and do deals late at night. And the customer was taken care of because your boy GC, well, he was there to take care of the customer. And and I won. I earned extra money, ultimately making myself more valuable to the company, to the customer, and to myself. Nothing creates financial confidence more than multiple strong flows of income. Listen to this. Nothing creates financial confidence more than multiple strong flows of income. Money might not make you happy but it will create a different swag and a different confidence. I have a billionaire friend who recently invested in my real estate portfolio. I remember when he did a small deal with me and I sent him his first check for $9,000. Now, keep in mind, he's worth $3.4 billion. I sent him a check for $9,000. He called me and said, GC, that was a nice little check you sent me today. Good job. $9,000 and the guy's worth $3.4 billion. Crazy, right? To create multiple streams of income requires commitment and especially discipline in how you use your time and money. While this all seems oversimplified, simple works and complex almost never works. This is a rule I've used for years, by the way, with building my businesses and my money. Simple works. First, increase your income, then add to your income by starting second, symbiotic flows, expanding on that thing that you're already doing. Bank all the additional money so that one day you can make investments. Know what you're investing in until it's not a gamble or a risk, but a sure thing. This investment should create new flows and new wealth, which will allow you to make new investments that will create additional, more passive flows of income while never taking attention off the earlier ones. And one day, buy a jet so you can continue to go where you want, when you want, and continue the process and be the guy who gives a million dollars to charity. Chapter 10, Step 8, Repeat, Reinforce, and Hyperfocus. Look, you can and should be a millionaire. You can be a billionaire, a decabillionaire, billionaire or richer if you think bigger from the start and then hyperfocus and repeat the steps I have laid out. Regardless of what others suggest, getting rich doesn't just happen, and it comes with lots of challenges. You'll have to give up something, probably many things. The first thing you'll have to give up is your middle-class mind. Lose your mind. Lose it. The next thing you'll give up is what everyone else thinks is fun. For 25 years of my life, I paid the price. While others were traveling, taking holidays, playing golf, going on adventures, seeing the world, I was either building financial success or preparing myself to do so. The first sign that you're on your way is when the people close to you will start to question why you're working so hard. They'll say, we never see you anymore, Billy. Billy. What's happened to you, Robert? You never have time for us anymore, Charlotte, and on and on. When you start your wealth adventure, many will try to convince you it's not worth it. Some will tell you it's impossible. Well, it is worth it. It is possible, and it is important. Your wealth adventure will be complicated by a new awareness that you are short on skills. Early on, I realized how little I knew about how to connect with people, about networking, communicating, building rapport, my own personal confidence. I didn't know the first thing about actually building a network or a business. I didn't know how to sell, market, promote, build value, negotiate, close deals, follow up customers. I couldn't handle rejection or disappointment. And look, I'm not even dealing with money yet. For the first time in my life, I started investing in myself. For the first time in my life, I chose what I was going to learn and study. Because I didn't like to read, I even took courses on how to study. They were amazing. They actually taught me how to study, how to learn, how to duplicate, and how to use information. One of your early steps is learning how to increase your income, step three. And then who's got your money, step four. And this is where most people fail. At the age of 25 to 32, I was spending 10 hours a day minimum at work, six days a week on these two simple things. Increase my income and who's got my money and the rest of the time on self-improvement and building my skills that I was deficient in. As I started having success using my new knowledge, I immediately experienced a renewed sense of confidence and belief in me. For the first time in my life, I felt really, really good about myself. I started feeling confident with my abilities, and I became even more committed to success. Those around me became more critical of my new focus. This will happen to you, I promise you. In the beginning, you will need to be ready for this thing where people start to criticize you for your change. This will happen to you and you need to be ready. You are the only one who has changed. Remember this. You're the only one that's changed. They haven't. So expect this because when you change, you may become a threat to them. I remember when I started working on myself and a girl I was dating said, don't change. I love you just the way you are. My mother used to say the same thing to me, and I was ready to grow up. I was ready to bone up, and I was ready to do something big in my life. I thought to myself, hey, this isn't about you, the girlfriend. This isn't about you. It's about me and what I want. My commitment to my self-improvement had become a threat to her unwillingness to self-improve. If you truly are committed to becoming a millionaire, you will at some point need to change your environment. And by that, I mean your friends and family. That doesn't mean you need to get rid of people. It just means you need to add new people. The old friends will just fall off as they will lose interest in you, trust me. You will become annoying to them. If you want to make it into the club of wealth, you must add new connections. And that means you need to reach up, not sideways and not down. If you don't change your surroundings, you will not make it. Make a list of people in your city that are super successful, on the move, who are interested in personal growth, active in charities, who invest time to improve the quality of their lives and are not just complaining all the time about the way things are. You see, these are the people you should surround yourself with. I am one of those people. My wife, my kids, the people who work in my companies are all people committed to improving ourselves and helping others be the best they can and achieve financial freedom. Tell any of these people that I just mentioned that you are committed to self-improvement and they won't say, just enjoy life, Robert. They won't say, don't do it. They won't say it's not worth it. They will say, yeah, we're doing the same thing. People committed to success want other people to be successful. People committed to the status quo want to be surrounded by the status quo. If you don't have the kinds of people around you that you want, go get them. One way to find the right people is to continue investing in yourself. Go to conferences, meetings, join mastermind groups and network marketing groups. Find real technologies that can unleash the real potential that you have. Seek out those that are making changes in their lives and surround yourself with those people. Don't spend time and money on things, toys, holidays, or moments, invest in the surest investment of your life, you. When it comes to your self-improvement and education, spend whatever you must. You must borrow money to make yourself better. Do it. Remember, you're not trying to pay the bills anymore. You're not trying to get by anymore. You're not trying to pay for cable or just groceries or the car payment or the rent. You're playing to become a millionaire, even super rich. When you implement these eight simple steps, I promise you a few things. Number one, it will be harder than you think. Number two, it will be easier than you think. And number three, you will achieve way more than you imagine possible. In case you're wondering, can anyone get rich? I don't know if anyone can, but I doubt just anyone would pick up a book that's labeled The Millionaire Booklet, How to Get Super Rich, But you see, you picked this book up, okay? Which means you know it's possible. I know for sure, without a doubt, you can make it if you simply do what is laid out here and never quit. If you just keep coming back to the millionaire booklet, clarify which step are you on? Which one are you doing? When have you gone off off strategy? Get back into these simple strategies and I promise you, I promise you, I guarantee you, stay close to me. Stay close to this advice. Keep the booklet in your possession. Share it with your friends. Build a mastermind. And I believe truly that you will make it. And when you do, make sure I'm the first person you contact. Call me up and say, Grant, GC, I made it. I hit it. I made my first million and I'll be so happy for you. Look, I truly want to make sure that you make it. My company here in Miami is set up to make sure people are prosperous and affluent and winning in life. And part of that life is economic, your finances. You can choose You can choose to just get by. You can choose to just settle. But haven't you done that long enough? I want to help you to prosperity and affluence, to millionaire status, and even beyond. Your friend, Grant Cardone.